0: Hello,
1: and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I wanted to talk to you for a couple seconds today about the new IGTV and the new IGTV app. That's Instagram television, I suppose. I suppose you break it out to all of that. But uh, it's kind of, it's a trip. It's its weird. I'm not used to it yet. It's vertical video first. I know Snapchat did that. I know Stories does that. But this is sort of calling it out a little bit to edit video, to produce video, in this vertical format. It's sort of naming itself as a competitor to YouTube at the moment, but uh, I'm sort of interested to see how that'll play out. I think it's maybe a little bit more of of a competitor to a Snapchat system. It seems like that, or it seems like, or maybe even Patreon. It seems like it's trying to pull creators and, and sort of, insert some monetization system that you can throw in there, but I'm interested to see how it all turn out. I've been trying to mess around with it. I'm always excited for new systems of, you know, kind of publishing content and media. And so I was trying to use my Instagram account at Billy Newman, if you're interested to put up a, a handful of vertical videos that I'm editing at editing together. So what I've been doing is I've been throwing it together in final cut and I made a special project or let's, so, you know, I went to, you know, you know, final cut new project and then I set, set the, the, the pixel layout to custom so instead of 1920 by 1080 you know a horizontal layout of an hd video i went in and i set it to custom and i made it 1080 to 1920 which throws that to an hd vertical video and so once i did that the frame of the video is vertical now what i did is i had all these horizontal videos that i had in my browser i dropped those onto the the project timeline and it shows them uh, what would that be? There's pillar box and sandbox or crop title box. I don't know what it is. It's like title box or something. It was, you know, just two big, big things over the top, but again, it's vertical with like a little band in the middle of it. So what I have to do is you have to, you have to, you have to conform that video you have to transform it stretch it out so that it fills the screen in a way so there's you use a transform tool you stretch the video out by holding the command key so that it scales the video out nicely and then it shows it vertically then you have to clip it and orient it so that uh, so that the the kind of like pan and scan back in the 50s you know when they were trying to transition widescreen movies to TV you had a pan and scan and so that means you have to reorient that the position of focus uh, on the subject, right? So does that make sense? So once I switch it to vertical video, it pans out the the subject of the video that I was pointed out. You know, we, let's say there was something really cool in the left-hand corner of the video and something really cool in the right-hand corner of the video, and that was the frame that you had. Well, now, in this vertical video, it's just showing you nothing that's in the center of it. It's not showing you the cool thing on the right or the left. So you have to choose. So you have to you have to clip it, you know, cut it with the blade, and then you have to transform what's shown to one of those cool points of interest that you were shown in the video. And then you have to kind of manipulate clip, clip around it a little bit. It's still sort of a kludgy thing, but it was fun to get through. I made a couple of clips of videos and stuff. I made a clip of a podcast. I threw it up there. There's like a 10 minute limit right now. And then I think there's a, what, maybe a 60 minute limit once you're over say like 10,000 followers and you have a business account. Um, I don't know. I, see, that's the thing though. Is anybody really using Instagram to watch 60 minutes of video? Maybe not me, but here's the thing I've learned is I underestimate how much people are on Instagram, it turns out. So maybe that's why Instagram has enough data to try and put together a whole app as a vision to compete with YouTube and Snapchat. Something kind of interesting, but uh, definitely check out some Instagram TV bits and pieces. I guess there's content out there. Probably something cool to see. You can see more of my work at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. But, uh, but this week I wanted to talk about some of the, the past truck travel stuff that we've done. And uh, and I think you're, you're the guy who's inspired me to get a truck at first, man. Like, for the long Gotta time. have a truck gotta have a truck uh strangely yeah. though most most of my road trip travel has been in a sedan <laughs> even even still <laughs> in the though, camry it, and the old camry man uh, but
0: yeah but that camry was legendary
1: <laughs> it was legend it was absolutely legendary but for today's episode what i was thinking about doing was kind of breaking down a couple of the, the stories in the past that we had about doing some overland stuff some overland like travel if
0: mm-hmm. you can call it
1: overland i don't know that's like a heavy word i think that's a modern word right like this turn, have yeah. you seen that around like overland? What people yeah, talk I've about? Yeah, I've seen that. a lot of that. Yeah, it seems to be kind of the trendy sort of rich guy word to say four wheeling. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm going, I'm going mudding. You know, you don't take a Land Rover <laughs> mudding or four wheeling or something. You take that overlanding,
0: overland excursioning.
1: Oh, yeah, it's always that. But uh, But I think that's kind of a funny part of it. But I see like a ton of that stuff. I got into that, like I got into that stuff back in 2011. Like the overland travel. Have you ever seen like the magazine yeah. Overland Journal?
0: Is that an active
1: uh, magazine? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's like sort of a niche. It's a niche category. Like this whole thing. Okay. So it's where I, it's like that thing you'd never find it unless you looked for it. But it's kind of it's interesting. There's tons of stuff out there like that. But that's one of the first ones that I ran into, uh, and that's okay. like that's when I had like the Camry and I was back in college and stuff. And it you know it, it, that's when I first really wanted to get. because i couldn't get a land rover from the 70s i really wanted to get like a roof rack and a top box i was i was like set on that because if i could get that that was like that was like my that was my version of making like a camry into an overland vehicle you know because i was like yeah, man, i'm gonna get into this but i'm 20 and i've got 138 bucks so what can i work out with that yeah (laughs) but that was a part of it so yeah i remember setting up like um like setting up the the or the 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 roof the rooftop or the top box you know man those are those were like super handy like and that was great on the on the camry when i had it but that was all kind of from what was
0: yours you had like that that tool top box
1: yeah it was a uh uh, i forget what it is now i think there was like the excursion that i had at a time and then there was like the summit model that i had Uh, another time
0: you didn't have the overland model
1: didn't i missed out on the overland model (laughs) both of these were like old man they were like you know i don't know the early 90s maybe late early mid 90s or something that's like when the the plastic was produced that's when that thing was called new and now yeah i was just sitting on my on my equally old aged car (laughs) going going around and driving those things hold their value like crazy i picked mine up both of mine i think now three of them in total i picked three of those top boxes up oh wow on craigslist well, it was for different cars and stuff like, i got a little fat one for the for the camry i have a i had one for the truck and then and we got one for marina crv
0: or when yeah, i say the yeah. truck
1: i mean the, the old forerunner which we'll get into that later too but uh that long one on the old forerunner so i bought like a, a few of them and i'd always bought them on used like on craigslist or something right like uh, yeah yeah uh and because like new they're like five or six hundred bucks to get into those yeah accessories they're, for your uh, cars. they're
0: not cheap man
1: yeah, it's yeah, it's super frustrating. And so even when they're used, they're they're still floating. in like for good ones or for like stuff from the two thousands, that's sort of the more modern clamping systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know when they actually made it, they made it better. You know where you could, you could put it, on, take it on and off your car without putting together like a bunch of plates and little <coughs> wing nut yeah, brackets yeah. made out of Something plastic. You don't have
0: to spend the whole afternoon doing.
1: Yeah, it's great because it, it would always like you know it would mess up. You'd you'd get stuck in some situation like that when you, like I think one time we had to move we, like it was you and i robert and scott and we had to like move that 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 top box we're talking about to the
0: oh yeah
1: to the rav right and we were going on yeah, that snowboard trip so we had to like pack we had to put it on and like put like a bunch of snowboards on or something and it was just mm-hmm. like it was just like snow and slush and it's kind of raining and you've got like a, a, a you don't even have a headlamp you've just got like a light kind of crimped under your shoulder and neck as you're kind of trying to twist this wing nut back and forth to make sure that this thing's <laughs> tight and in the right spot it was such a pain man it was so awful so after that they made like more simple clamp systems that work better but man Jeez. those are like still like 300 250 like the the low end range like the to stuff that's like used. yeah the, the stuff broken i just sold one for like 85 that was that had like a big chunk missing out of it
0: oh geez
1: yeah it's nuts yeah it's like it's a gold man. Yeah. <laughs> at least out here i don't know but it, it seems like in eugene in southern oregon it was a lot harder i think i had one and never sold but uh it seemed like in eugene and in corvallis and portland or like you know where that 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 string of
0: that subarus you, and top yeah right
1: <laughs> where it exists all those all those overlanders out there mm-hmm but that was my foray into, into understanding what overlanding was because I was interested in, like, that overland journal. And so I'd, like, watch, I'd watch some of the stuff that was coming out in that. And it was just really all stuff, all equipment that was unattainable. Like, you look at, like, the sweet trucks. Oh, my gosh, uh-huh. man. There were so many cool, like, land, or um, the, land, like, the Toyota Land Cruisers. But they, yeah. the set that they never built in America. Have you seen those?
0: Oh, yeah. They're awesome.
1: They're so cool, yeah. Like all the all the ones that Australia got and like South Africa got; those are like the coolest cars ever. Like, and <laughs> you see them no, all over out there.
0: Yeah, they're so great. I would love to have. Them.
1: Yeah, just this sweet diesel, left-hand drive <laughs> or right-hand drive, like yeah, Land Cruiser truck. Like, there's the uh, the Toyota Trooper. If anybody's listening and they Google that, it's like this this crazy truck that they made for the military. That Toyota made for the military. That's like a troop carrier. But it's a Land Cruiser, but it's just got like a long back end, and it's kind of squared off, so you can you can fit two benches in there to load twelve guys or <laughs> you know, whatever whatever silly amount <laughs> it is in the back. But it just looks like oh man, that'd be the coolest like camper. Yeah, you, know, you take that thing. It's like um, it's like the FJ40. You see like the old ones that look like the the Willys Jeep. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah, now?
0: yeah. Mhm.
1: That and that was kind of like the I, or one of the Jeep models that they well yeah toyota's japanese right and i don't
0: yeah or of course they are
1: but i don't know where else they they sold like their equipment to for like military use but it seemed like the fj and the land cruiser line is used like around with them as a military vehicle all over the world have you seen that like it's the
0: i'm not really familiar with that no
1: Or not like a military vehicle but like like we have a jeep and then we have a tank but we have the jeep like they have, they have the Toyota. They have a Land Cruiser,
0: okay. or like a, a right.
1: Hilux, right? Like your old truck, your old pickup truck. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that old
1: pickup yeah, truck. The, the
0: SR, yeah, the 1980
1: man. It was the best, you're man. You're talking
0: about my old one. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And so, That's but why it was. I
0: won't get rid of it. I still have.
1: It. <laughs> it's the coolest truck. But I remember <laughs> learning about like, or it was just weird when I found out like about Americanizations. Where in America, that's mm-hmm. called a pickup. Like, that's, that's a pickup truck. But out of the country, the truck is called a Hilux. Have you seen that? No. Yeah. yeah, the international version, the international name for the pickup was the Toyota Hilux. And it's like, it's, okay. it's got that, like, emblem in it. Yeah. So, they'd sell these Toyota pickup trucks, like, Saudi Arabia. Or, like, ISIS, man. Like, okay, so, yeah. I, like, all the, ISIS, <laughs> like the footage from ISIS that's like, why are they all in these, like, used Toyotas busting across... This section of Syria, it's because the military had bought Toyotas as Hiluxes, like new ones. They're like it's just like a sweet Tacoma or something, you know. It's just like rigged up yeah. to to ride around out in the desert. It's probably a great truck for it, but and that's
0: that's why we should beat ISIS is to get all of their sweet
1: trucks. <laughs> we we need all their sweet Toyotas back. <laughs> No, that was a big, that was like a gag in the news for a while because uh, like all the, the footage from, from whatever was going on would show these people, but they were like next to these like old, like old pickups like yours with, with like, with like a gun mounted, mounted in the back, like the yeah, warthog okay. from yeah, Halo. Yeah, I've seen a
0: lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah, you think about like all that, all that crazy stuff. But that, I think that was all like the, the Hilux stuff that Toyota would sell like forerunners runners out of the country. They're called surfs. Really? Yeah, way cooler name to kind of call a forerunner, a surf. I'm not gonna yeah, buy a surf. Yeah, I mean surf. the
0: forerunner is kind of redundant. Like, I mean, no matter what you have, it's got it's got four, <laughs> Yeah, it's four like well,
1: something. I mean, we expected it would it would have four wheels or it's a big <laughs> yeah. truck. I guess it should have four wheel drive or whatever whatever it's insinuating. But but yeah, out, out of the country, it was called the surf. I've seen a few of them pass by. Like you'd see them out there, you'd be driving around, and people are real proud of it, especially in that overland scene or that like that backwoods scene, man. People get oh, real yeah? proud of their their rigs that they have set up, but um, but we saw one that was like this diesel surf that this guy had imported. I don't know what the rules are on that either. I, I think yeah, if it's I think if the if the guy's a U.S. citizen, I think it couldn't happen. But I think if you're in Canada, you can you can have you can have one registered and then drive it into the United States. I think that's where we see a lot of those vehicles.
0: Well, we need to make some buddies in Canada.
1: <laughs> if we need that man, I need I need a diesel '90s forerunner. I don't know, like I need Good another. For arm. Good <laughs> for
0: commuting. Good for commuting.
1: Have you seen like the, the Mitsubishi Delica? That's another. Uh-oh. That's another sought after. Yeah, it's blowing
0: my mind here.
1: Yeah, the Mitsub- It's a. It's another car that wasn't that wasn't built in the United States, right? But it's for well, it's become really popular in like that van life. Uh, that van life culture where people, you know, like I pretty much like what we were doing in the Camry six years ago, but, uh, uh, but funding it relatively decently and they get like a van and like, it's become really popular to get this Mitsubishi Delica. They made it through the eighties. It was sort of a competitor to the, to the Volkswagen line of vans that were out at that time that were kind of camping focused. But this one was cool. The Delica was cool because it was a diesel van, but it was four wheel drive. It was like at this. It was time when like Mitsubishi was just making a bunch of four wheel drive
0: stuff. Probably like the Colt Vista. That was yeah. I, that's exactly what was just coming to my mind. If you don't know what a Colt Vista is and you're listening to this podcast, go go look it up. And uh, that was that was your first car, Billy.
1: Oh man, it was the best car. It was the best. <laughs> it was the best car. It was the worst car. But it was it really though. It was the worst car.
0: <laughs> Dude, I bet if you had that now and just put a little bit of money into it, somebody. Yeah, somebody would pick that up, especially yeah, at the yeah. Portland area. If I put some, like,
1: some studded tires on that and a roof rack.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: An LED bar.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about an attractive rig. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh an gosh. LED bar, nice.
1: <laughs> CB. <laughs> yeah, man. You remember that hatchback? It, it, you could fit 10 people in that
0: car. Jeez.
1: I think eight people. I think I, I did I, I don't
0: think people. that's what they approved it
1: for. <laughs> no, I swear it was, I think it was seven people.
0: was what it was like rated
1: for seven yeah it was it was three
0: rows of seats robert in a compact soccer moms were driving around in 1983.
1: yeah it was it's nuts yeah there was the front two seats the back two seats that were like bucket seats too and then behind that there was another bench seat for three so you had one two three four five six seven man yeah yeah it was crazy oh what a silly
0: (laughs) (laughs) car. Hey, it wasn't aesthetically great, but it was, uh, you know, economy friendly. That's that's for sure. I think it was so. Oh, it was the worst car. Uh,
1: but, so not not an overland vehicle, there. I guess you could say, and even still, like, man, it was
0: it had like fourteen inch tires.
1: It was so, yeah, so you, yeah I had no clearance to get over anything. What a goof! No. But hey,
0: <laughs> you made it. You made it happen with the Camry, though.
1: I yeah, I did, man. And I was gonna mention that too because that. I had a couple experiences in the Camry. Uh-huh. You've always had a truck, I guess. Outside oh, of like the okay, short truck. time you had, you had a sedan for to commute and stuff. But you've always oh, yeah. had uh, had like had a rig that could get some places, which I always appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I really noticed running into to a few limitations when I was in the Camry. I wanted to talk about those. It was great with the Camry because you you really benefit from the gas mileage, which man I would oh, take. because yeah. I mean, in most of a road trip in some way is like is highway miles. You know, you're out. You got to drive from here oh, to yeah. Wyoming, so you got to put
0: a lot of distance in between you and where you're going.
1: Yeah, and the it, it, man, it worked great having kind of a light, easy car to like just bomb out to somewhere. That worked really well, uh, mm-hmm. so I appreciated some of those parts. But man, we ran into a few spots where we just couldn't get through. And the one of the the most upsetting ones to me was uh, the Sailing Stones. Have you heard of those before? Is that in Utah? It's in it's in the southwest. It's it's near Death Valley. In California, okay, yeah. I guess. and the Sailing Stones is a really cool spot. It was in Death Valley. It's, it's like I, it's in the park area, but the park area is just so immense. It's, but it's it's all desolate, almost nothing out there, you know. But mm. you take this road; it cuts back for a really long way. And man, we were on that gravel road forever, going back there. You have to go. It's it's the kind of deep wilderness. You would almost call it, but it's like deep and desolate country out there. It's yeah. sort of well traveled because there's there's people kind of moving in and out of the the park system but we were traveling there in december i think uh, you know when we were moving moving that direction mm-hmm. um, like early december of 2012 i think is when we were there and when we were we were driving up just just on the gravel road as it was it said it was a it was a, a gravel road the whole way there and this part of it it just kind of went up a little bit of a grade you know, just the hill, the, uh-huh. the slope of the, of the road just kind of went up maybe 12, 15 feet or so and then kind of rounded off, leveled off and then kept going. It seemed like almost nothing at all. But my car was near, like high centering on it, basically. Like you could feel like, <laughs> could feel like the body like start scraping because the roll off of it was like, it was just, it was just yeah. steeper than, than my car, like the angle of the car and the clearance I had could handle it. And I like, I couldn't get there and I'd wanted to go there all my life. Oh, I was so frustrated. <laughs> we were like two miles or so it was like two three miles or something like well we didn't know that because you're like in backwoods stuff and it's like like i'm not gonna uh-huh. park there and hike it or something It <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah
0: and then somebody else rolls up in a vehicle that can handle it and they're like why is this camry parked in the middle of the road there was
1: uh there was like a uh a, a group of kids of like teenagers on little dirt bikes like little 200s and they were just like bouncing they just zoomed right past us <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Kept going, but they just they just had like a little a little bike, and they cruised right over. It was nothing, man. Yeah, it's it was not. It was you would it would be totally everything could get over that except for my car. Is what except
0: the Camry. <laughs> so yeah,
1: no overland that day is what it, is what it was. But that story really is what ended up inspiring me to sell that Camry that winter and then like come back in and, and get a forerunner like when i got that that 89 forerunner that i that i had that for was a while. A
0: good that was a good truck i like that rick it was a good truck it,
1: i bet it was a better truck earlier but man it was a great truck for me and i really had a great time doing stuff with it it was super fun like yeah i do more camping stuff and that was really cool but that that was the first time that i had like that truck clearance you know
0: yeah it, i mean it's just like a whole new world of opportunities are opened up to you when you and you have that clearance it's like okay and you got four-wheel drive so you can get a little more daring with where you're going and uh even with that though i found that uh now with my current truck i don't have the winch on it yet and um and even that kind of uh dictates to what i will and will not do um up in the hills especially if there's not another rig with me sure yeah um i i really enjoyed having that uh that kind of that lifeline and that security I guess of having that winch that uh I could get out of trouble if I really got myself into it.
1: But, I think uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I I've never had a have a had a rig with a winch on it, but I really like that that you always did. That was cool. I I don't think we've ever used it together when we were out.
0: Oh, I've used it on Tyler. Oh yeah. Yeah, pull him <laughs> out of that
1: sandbank is that what it was?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, doing a I, rafting no, trip. i used it on myself a couple
0: times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you just get into a rough spot and you've got a tree or something you can tether off of and, and get yourself out of it. But
1: I think that's pretty cool. I remember you telling me a little bit about that in the past. And it seems like it'd be pretty necessary if you wanted to do something more serious or more long-term, if you're doing like an overland trip or, or if you're doing some, some truck stuff yeah. or some four by four stuff.
0: Well, that's the thing. I, I'm not a big, like uh, you know, off roader. it's, you know, yeah, but, I'm not uh, but it's, well, I mean off road in the sense of like, let's go mud and rock climbing. Right, you know? yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not that. But I do like trying to get into places where typically the you know, the road kind of ends or you know, or somebody hasn't been back there in thirty years and there's still a roadway going. I think it's I really want to cool. Explore it.
1: Yeah, I really yeah. like that part of it. I really like getting to, to those different areas and, and you you really get to, to get through so much more land, you know, that way. I've I, I found it to be really cool
0: you do especially oregon in the winter time uh you know this area gets so much rain and stuff it's hard to like you know when you're out there in the winter you're, you get to the end of the road and you're like oh, i don't really want to backpack this in you know <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i don't want to backpack it like, in. i want to stay in the rig as long as i can yeah
1: yeah it's yeah. that's definitely that's a huge part of it for me too and let's see i was trying to think yeah. about Well, yeah, you should, tell me about, tell me about your pickup truck, your first one that you got in high school. Did you, that was like an 80 with a straight axle,
0: right? It was a 1980 straight axle Toyota 4x4 uh, Long Bed, and that was a great truck. It still is a great truck. It's currently sitting under a canopy right now. It hasn't run in three or four years, but, um, you know, I love that truck, man. I drove that from the time I was 15, until well
1: years ago. Yeah, man. That was a um, that was a blast. I was thought was the coolest truck.
0: Yeah. No, I have uh always loved that truck and that truck would go anywhere. I mean the the really the only reason I I got out of it was just I needed something more reliable. Um yeah in fact its last trip was the trip that Amber and I took down to Joshua Tree and I put like uh you know almost like four thousand miles on it.
1: No way and, I remember that trip that was yeah. that was pretty cool man
0: yeah and uh so that was a great trip to take it out on um the harsh reality was you know at the time gas in california was around five dollars a gallon it was yeah insane uh i was getting about 12 miles the gallon <laughs> and uh you know that was rough you know it didn't have ac uh, you know that's just little stuff like i mean people have been getting along without it forever but
1: no, it makes um, a big difference, so I've learned it a little bit, too. I mean, like like what we both learned a little bit in this last year, of like having a newer truck, it just solves a lot of those stresses about transportation, man.
0: Well, it does, and that's the thing, is when you're committing to a trip like that, you need to know that your rig's going to be reliable.
1: It's been a you huge know? part for me, you, too. You huh?
0: need to know it's going to start back up when you're ready to go, and you're not, <laughs> not yeah. tw- 2,000 miles away from home. Going Did I kill the battery? Now i got to oh, tow no. my truck or something, yeah. you know? And the battery is not the problem. Oh no! It's yeah, like it's just like oh, you know, uh, yeah, my transmission went out, or like uh, that part. it really just suck. you know, I blew a head gasket or something. You know, like I mean, that truck when I took it, it had over four hundred thousand miles on it, and wow. and so you're just going, uh, boy, this is fun, but really, I just need to make sure I get it home. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was yeah. that's what it came down to. Yeah, I
1: feel like sometimes so. it's like driving a classic car around you know it just doesn't run as well it's maybe about as old yeah
0: yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah and then I, i i i got out from that and i uh i bought myself a little 93 i guess it was sr5 toyota v6 pickup with little extended cab i liked having the extra room and that was a great little pickup too um it had that nice canopy with the roof racks on it i I really enjoyed that, um, yeah, I like that it canopy It's sad interview. to see it go,
1: yeah, it was too bad. Uh, I thought it was it's too soon, you know, but too soon, but I understand too, <laughs> I think it's but, uh, I think it's good to move on, or you know it's good to you know, use it use oh, what yeah. you can, and then yeah. I
0: see it around town every now and then, nice, yeah, but uh but yeah, and so since I've gotten into a full size truck, which I, I I just wonder why I didn't do so much earlier oh yeah um you know it's just uh just having the room uh the reliability uh you know just all the difference in the world yeah i think so too i was in your
1: truck like when we were on when we were on that last trip in eastern yeah I' did and a podcast great. out of it yeah super clean like a, a dig being in there it's cool
0: yeah it's uh it's far more comfortable than it used to be you know cramming into the little single cab and yeah, having right. a manual transmission and trying to <laughs> get around.
1: <laughs> I remember that first trip we did in your and your old tra- your your uh, your eighty yeah. pickup when we were what sixteen. We were going to camp yeah. up at Union Creek.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: what is like? What is that? Up in I guess it's Central Oregon. I don't know what do you call that. Uh, <laughs>
0: that I don't know what you would call that. In it's a crater near lake. lake area. Yeah, it's not really central. Either, like, National anything. Forest almost.
1: Ro- yeah it's rogue river national forest because it's the rogue that runs yeah. through that that's it, is. it. yeah
0: yeah
1: i think yeah it's uh that that area up there man that was such a cool trip but i had a great time but man I, like you're saying that we just there was like the three of us right <laughs> yeah just
0: packed in tight
1: yeah and i was the one that had to ride bitch in the center so <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> I see it throw into third gear and then was it four years Three gears?
0: Uh, yeah, it was four. I ended up putting a five-speed transmission in that. I remember but, that at the end, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was just that four-speed. You know, you get it out on. It was great in town and stuff. But then you get it onto the freeway, and you're just tacked out at like 65, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and just you know, semis are trying to pass you and Here's all it. that stuff. Sorry, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not built to go that fast, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the- yeah. Yeah, that was a sweet track, though, man. I really had a good time in that. But I, I remember that back in high school. It was fun, like, making that road trip out to, to go camp and throwing everything in the back. And oh, then yeah. everybody's just cramming cram into the bench seat there. <laughs> just how it used to work, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, a, little, a little more luxurious now with the with the space, I suppose. You can check out more information at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. You can go to BillyNewmanPhoto.com forward slash support. If you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with, if uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it. If you're interested or or feel more comfortable using Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. Been, um, I've been really interested in um, the Alexa, well, I guess just the Alexa platform and then some of the stuff that I might be able to do, trying to produce um, flash briefings for the um, the Echo system. I, I think there's a, there's a, an Echo behind me that just woke up when I said that. But um, uh, using a Echo to develop a flash briefing, I think is a, kind of an interesting way to produce some audio content. I think that's something that I might be able to do in an easy way, I, or you know, I have a lot of the equipment and in, uh, in a higher order working way than maybe a lot of people do. So there's an opportunity for me to just make a whole rundown of different uh, themes of content that I need to produce for the channel. And then uh, there'd probably be a significant amount of, um, of traction that I could get with, uh, with trying to put something out there early on, you know, I wonder if you guys think about this. I try trying to think about, you know, little silly ways to make money and I never actually do any of them. So uh, I'm, I'm on the right path, I suppose. But uh, I was thinking about, uh, well, I was looking at the Amazon Alexa developer portal. I was going through there today. And there's a lot that you can get into. And especially if you're uh, like a skilled developer, you have a, you have a background in some of the programming languages languages that, uh, that you can use in the command line that Amazon has available for you. There's, a, there's really a, a lot that you can do, especially a lot that you can do outside of even the Echo platform platform. Um, so I'm sure that there's you know there's just like an endless amount of, uh, of virtualization stuff that you can do uh, once you get involved with that. But for the Alexa platform, it was kind of interesting. What I was trying to do, and you know since I don't really have like a ton of coding, well, I don't, I don't I, because I don't have a ton of coding skill i 'm most interested in trying to put together uh, some of the flash briefing systems, which really seems like uh, you just you, you kind of go through the system one time, which was almost really just filling out a form if you haven 't done it before, but you know not many people have but um, if you haven 't developed a flash briefing, it was really just like filling out a form it wasn 't really a significant or there was no code there was no open a command line or build a file or or, or have any kind of assets available for something in advance of, of you know what you would need to develop. It really isn't any of that. It's just uh, on you know on the website or on, wherever I'm developing my feed. There has to be like a a handful of stipulations met, but but that's not really much more than what you'd have for any other kind of um, you know system where you're hosting and processing and serving a, an audio feed. Um, and for my circumstances, I'm not collecting any information or any payment uh, processing, so I think it's a lot simpler of just kind of having the audio feed from RSS go into something that's you know, pre-selected to serve that from the Alexa s- system. And uh, that's kind of an interesting method of using it. I don't use the flash briefing system really as much as I thought I would. Um, and I guess kind of day-to-day, it's because uh, maybe it's the, like the type of content that I seem to be able to run into. It's just sort of a lot of street stuff from Wall Street Journal, and it doesn't really seem to be very relevant or, or really truly what like the headline news would be. If I really needed to hear something in audio this hour... Would it be that? I don't really know. So, it doesn't quite seem like it, but uh, that's probably some kind of level of content issue I'm gonna run into also. And maybe this is just my personal situation of it maybe not being like a, a time kind of thing that, that I'm able to do. But um, but what I'm interested in trying to do, I guess, is take advantage of the, all the people that might be trying to use their ECHO system a little bit more and, um, yeah, try and kind of participate in that and try and be one of the voices that is served on the ecosystem. I was impressed uh, a while back when we were doing some testing with the Alexa platform. And uh, when we were were checking out uh, with like the, we we were putting together an astronomy based um, like sky watching um, Alexa flash briefing. And it was kind of interesting trying to put that together. I liked it a lot. See, there it goes. Alexa, stop. (laughs) um so uh when i was trying to put together those flash briefings uh, it was interesting to see the real spike in traffic that was there and so you know i don't really have a draw of traffic as it is at all i'm not sure if it was all just spam or or some kind of weird artificial server track traffic i was getting once i I submitted it to amazon but uh, there was hundreds of of I don't know, markers of activity on that, on that file and that feed. And, uh, it was, it was far more like, uh, multiples of anything that I had seen from, from the iTunes podcast system in, uh, in, in my time setting up podcasts in, in the time past. So, uh, it was interesting to see just that kind of like uh, rush in of, um, things or I guess people, or I guess, uh, I guess echo systems that had, um, queued or triggered the, the feed that I had. So it was kind of interesting uh, seeing some of the analytics behind that, but that's a, a part of what makes me want to get into this type of content a lot more. The other part is that I'm trying to get more into podcasting. I have, I have some other, um, some other kind of podcasting, uh, things that I have to be working on in the next couple of weeks and months. And so I'm really trying to get into kind of the audio side of stuff and do a little bit more of the audio editing. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about it a little bit too, in terms of, I guess, I don't know, what you produce in a podcast. I think this is fine fun, and fun, uh, and this probably fulfills a lot of the stuff that I would listen to a podcast for. Eh, you know, so, you know. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this. I understand. I get it. But th- to talk to that point, I guess a little bit of what I mean is that uh, uh, you need a podcast to be useful. You, you want some of the information that you're hearing for a bit of time to be, uh, to be useful or to be, you know, entertaining or somewhat informative or uh, some kind of level of a hang. I don't know. That's what I list a lot of podcasts for. I guess they're not really like hyper, hyper informational or, you know, there's not like a ton of specific data points to get to a lot. I've learned a lot. You know, it's, it's um, a type of communication platform that seems to service my learning a lot better than uh, whatever type of articulation seems to happen more clearly in an audiobook. That's a little bit harder for me to wrap into than what it is with uh, the more natural flow, pause, and then pacing of a, of a, of a conversation or, or just of a person, you know, talking or, or, um, trying to, trying to talk off the top of their head. Um, I guess like, uh, professors to do that, or, you know, teachers would do that when someone's lecturing, which I hope this is not quite a lecture. I have nothing to teach you or nothing. There's nothing you can learn from me. That's probably, that's probably the truth. I'd, I'd try it though. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess for, uh, for photo stuff that's going on. Well, I don't know. What was it talking about? No, it was Alexa stuff, right? I haven't even gotten the photo stuff. For the Alexa stuff, what I've done is I've produced a Billy Newman photo flash briefing uh, to go on to the Amazon Echo platform. I'm watching my words more carefully now. Um, And I'm also uh, trying to put together uh, some of the other uh, podcast ideas that I'd had in the past, something around uh, media and technology. I'm trying to put something together um, around astronomy and sky watching. I'm trying to put something together to there also. And I'm also trying to figure out, uh, some stuff around, I guess, photography specifically, and then, um, outdoor camping, travel adventure stuff specifically. So I'm going to try and find some names that, uh, that might be useful for that kind of thing. And I'm going to see if, uh, if I could try and put that together, but, um, but yeah, it'd be kind of fun. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to trying to try and get some traction on, uh, building out some content on the Alexa platform. Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman photo podcast. Hope you guys check out some stuff on Billy Newman A few new things up there, some stuff on the homepage, some good links to other, other outbound sources, some, some links to books Some links to some podcasts, links to some blog posts. All pretty cool yeah check it out at Billy Newman a thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast talk to you next time